All right, everybody, welcome back to Around the Fifth Line. My name is James III, and this is episode two. I know a lot of big news. Hidden Columbus Blue Jackets waves this week. It's been pretty crazy. Today is, what is today? June 9th. This will go live for all of you to watch it, June 10th. So if if something crazy happens to later tonight or tomorrow morning and other trade happens, it's not our fault that we didn't discuss it on the show. So sorry about that. Now, uh, before I introduce the panel... I want to throw out a little bit of information on what this show is. This is a game show. The four panelists here, it could change, but right now these are our four regulars. We're going to add some people as we as we go along for other episodes where they'll have some competitors, you know, the odd man, you know, the, the low person on the score could be out next week. We'll see what happens. But these are just opinions for a game show. For example, if... There's a topic that comes up and Sarah and Jason and Dave all give one answer. Well, that makes no sense for Christian to come in and give the same answer, even if he truly believes that. So sometimes they have to play devil's advocate. They are trying to score points to win, to move on, to be a part of this show. So just keep that in mind when you're watching it. It's not necessarily a podcast where everybody's giving their individual opinions. They are competing against each other, trying to win, and it's supposed to be fun. And again, if you would like us to discuss different topics or you would like to get involved, please shoot us something on Twitter, email us. You'll see the links in the description. Let us know what you want us to talk about. You can submit questions up to the day before we record. We will always post on Twitter when the next episode's about to happen, but we would love to hear that. Also, any feedback that you put in the comments, we will do our best to answer it. And you do not have to agree. You can have a completely different opinion and we would love to hear that. And we'd love to continue the debate with you guys in the comments. Don't forget like subscribe, all that. It really, really does help out the channel and uh, the goal in the future. You'll hear a little bit more coming from this YouTube channel is our goal is to kind of promote all of the fifth line and all the different kind of content creators, whether they do podcast, uh, whether they're just big on social media with Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, things like that. We want to get you guys shouted out. We want to put you out there. We want your content to be seen. We want everyone to kind of know what's going on in the world. Uh, we talk about this all the time that the Twitter, the Columbus Blue Jackets Twitter side always seems to be super active compared to a lot of other fan bases. So we're excited to kind of promote you guys out there as much as possible. If Mike Babcock is such a scumbag, why do the Blue Jackets really want him? I know that was a big article that was out this week. So we'll start with Sarah, your thoughts on this. All right. First of all, um, I don't necessarily think Mike Babcock is a scumbag. Um, I think he's made mistakes that he, I'm sure, regrets and has learned from, but he's human. We all make mistakes. We all do things that we don't necessarily, um, might, we might regret, but um, looking at my notes here, his <laughs> record um, with the Wings was 458 wins, 223 losses. That was with the Wings. With the Leafs, he was 173 wins, 133 losses. So personally, I think his record speaks for himself. Um, I personally think he has learned from his, his mistakes. I think he has changed. I think he's the hard-nosed coach that we need. I think that he is able to develop these young players. And I also think that he is able to really push these veterans as well. Perfect. We'll go over to Christian. Right. Scumbag. Sure. Uh, my man, uh, Mike Commodore says that he's uh, not a scumbag, but he is a 
uh, what do you call him? A shit stain, I think is what his exact words were. Um, all my favorite coaches growing up uh, were kind of mean, you know, grumpy old men. Uh, that's how the good coaches are. Uh, Sarah's right. His record's fantastic. But uh, 12th most wins of all time for any coach. Uh, and he has the third best winning percentage of any coach in the league. So uh, those numbers are great. Uh, but let's face it, worst couple seasons in Blue Jackets history. Uh, at the very least, he is going to be a complete culture change from what Brad Larson was uh, having us uh, believe in. So uh, different set of eyes, different eyes for sure, but uh, different perspective could be good. And Dave, we kick it over to you. 700 career wins in 1,300 career NHL games over 17 seasons. I mean, the record speaks for itself. He's made the playoffs every single season except for two in his entire career. And his worst season with Detroit, he finished fourth in the in the division. Discuss the scumbag part of it. There's kind of a video that's been circulating around on Twitter that was put out about five years ago by Sportsnet, um, where he kind of explained, you know, at the time that all of the incidents were happening, he didn't know a whole lot about mental health, and he wasn't really kind of up on that train, which is a big thing now uh, for people. You know, the Commodore situation sounded like he wanted to play, but he didn't earn the playing time necessarily based on what Babcock said. Um, you know, with the Johan Franzen situation, it was him being tougher on a player. Like he said, he, was, <laughs> he wasn't totally sure or not. He wasn't really aware of the impact that what he said and did to players could have on their personal health and mental health and all that. And then the Mitch Marner situation, it sounds like that was just kind of a mistake. You know, it was a motivational tool for a rookie. Um, hey, where do you think you stand in these guys? Where do you think the other guys are? What do you have to do to get to, you know, the top of this list? And, you know, he, he said in the video, he left it out on his desk. Somebody saw it, so he had to address it. It was something that meant to, was meant to be thrown away. I don't know. I think bottom line, Jackets want him because he's a winner. He's a, not, he's a smart coach. He's got experience. Um and, you know, that's what we need. We need someone who can come in and motivate these guys. All right, Jason, wrap it up. Yeah, Mike Babcock obviously is a hard-nosed coach, and we're not in the off in the front office, right? We're not privy to those conversations. Um, they knew before they went out and got Mike Babcock who they wanted, right? They knew they wanted Provorov, it sounds like. They knew they wanted Severson, it sounds like. And who are these guys? These guys have been in the league for a bunch of years. Uh, they're veterans to mix in with some of these young guys. You can't have a, a an entire team of 20-year-olds and then bring a coach like him in to, I guess, motivate them because, let's be honest, it's probably not going to work, right? So you bring in more vets and you um, mix in you know, his, his coaching style with those vets who, in turn, hopefully will coach up the young kids and then go from there. Um, I Scumbag, I, you know, I, don't, I don't know if he's a scumbag or not. I don't know him personally, but um, just – I'm just reading what I see in the media or from the videos that I see online and stuff like that. So again, um, just to rehash, you know, what everybody else said, the man's 60 years old. He hasn't coached in four years, four years in sports, being out of sports for four years is light years, right? Yeah. Um, It's, it's very possible that he is a changed man. I mean, he's 60 years old maybe he comes in and he's a little, a little softer. I don't think he will be. I think it'll be hard, but um, I think the front office set clear expectations and I think he knows what his limits are. So next topic, Damon right. Severson. The Severson trade was shocking. Will he be worth it? Dave, you seem chomping yes. at the bit on this one, so we're going to go with you. Oh, 100%. All we gave up for him was 
the 2023 third round pick that we got from Seattle for Bjorkstrand in the, in the whole Bjorkstrand trade. It's a number 80 overall pick. Did a little research, channel my inner Christian from last week. Out of the 80 overall, 80th overall picks in the NHL draft history, only 13 have played in 100 career games. Granted, I know there's some young guys in there. They haven't gotten around yet. But of those guys, only eight of them have 100 career points. And the biggest outlier in that was Essa, Essa Tikkanen with 630 points in 877 games. Other than that, they're kind of middle-of-the-road guys. I don't think we gave up all that much. And the contract that we came that we have with him coming in is insanely team-friendly. It's $8 million over the first couple seasons, and then it starts dropping to eventually gets to $5.1 million in years five through eight. And in that fifth season, he has, he has, a, he has no trade clause expires. And for him at 5.1, even at his age, I think he's, what, 28 right now? About to be or, 29, I, I believe. He's going to be 29. So, you know, in five years, he'll be 34. For a veteran defenseman, 5.1 is a tradable contract, honestly. So I think, you know, I think the Jackets are going to come out on top in this one, and it was definitely worth that. All right, that Christian. One, one draft pick. Your take on the, on the trade. 28-year-old, right-shot defenseman. Uh, he's only missed a handful of games in the last couple of seasons. He's healthy. He's durable, which is something that we have uh, needed last season, of course. Similar contracts, players with a similar AAV, uh, Colton Pareko, Justin Falk, and Morgan Riley. I think he's better than all three of those guys anyways. Uh, not to mention, the last time that we saw him play was in that series against Carolina. Uh, Carolina was scoring like crazy. New Jersey, uh, absolutely horrendous in all all parts of the ice. Uh, but he finished that series with only a minus one in his plus minus, uh, which I think can really show how good he is defensively um, on a team that was so poor like New Jersey was this uh, this year. Sarah, your thoughts? Just like everyone else, absolutely. It's obvious that we needed some veteran defense, so this will definitely um, help out. I listened to his presser today, and one thing that he was a free agent, pretty much could have gone to a lot of places. The one thing that I really enjoyed from his presser was how much he loved Columbus and how this was probably one of his top choices and how much he loved, he said, the vibe of Columbus. He talked about restaurants. He talked about education. He talked about suburbs. And it just sound like, sounded like he really, really was set on Columbus. I think this was a definite win for Columbus. Jason. Yeah, so I was lucky enough to be uh, actually in the introductory press conference today. Oh, with another the, with flex. The, <laughs> with the media. I think that I really took from it. He made a couple comments about... You know, he's, he was in New Jersey for a bunch of years. He obviously knew what he was getting himself into um, when he when Columbus came calling and when New Jersey sat him down and told him that they weren't bringing him back. Um, you know, this whole thing happened really fast. And when he found out it was Columbus and, and he, he sat down and talked to Rick Nash, actually. Rick Nash is the one who kind of talked to him and then also uh, convinced him essentially to sign in Columbus. He said he likes the the direction. Yeah, we're going through a quote-unquote rebuild, retool, whatever you want to call it. But you also got Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine and Zach Wierenski, and they just traded for, traded for Provorov. He, he, he talked about Provorov for a good two, three, four minutes. Um, not to mention all these young kids that are coming up and the number three overall pick that's coming in. So he sees the direction. I think he sees it kind of like he did in New Jersey where you got all these young kids coming in, but ultimately if you can go into this rebuild 
And he said, you go into the rebuild and you play like you're supposed to play and you listen to the coaches and do your thing. You can come out of that rebuild on top. And that's exactly what New Jersey did. All right, Jason, we're going to stick with you here for the next round. This question is NHL expansion. There's been a lot of talk of that, of course, with uh, especially with the situation gone in Arizona. Where would a team go next? So I'm going to kind of group it together. Uh, whether a team moves or an expansion, where do you think, where would you want the next team to be and why? Uh, I'm going to go Salt Lake City. Uh, Salt Lake City is a natural kind of hockey type town. You got mountains, you got you know, big lakes and, you know, obviously gets winter there and, and stuff like that. They've actually had, they had, they had the winter Olympics there 20 or so years ago and they did really, really well. Um, but I'd like to see it in Salt Lake city. I got a couple friends out there so I could easily take a trip out there and go see, uh, go see the blue jackets play. Um, but Salt Lake city, I mean, kind of like Colorado, you got mountains, you got ranges, you got all the fun stuff. So, um, I'm leaning against Houston and I'll definitely go with uh, Utah Salt Lake city. All right, Christian, what are your thoughts? Uh, so the whole, everyone, the one thing that everyone's going to bring up is, is taking a team back to Quebec city. And I just want to say real quick, I don't think the league is going to go, uh, put a new team in a city that already has a pre established fan base for hockey. They want to grow the game more. Um, I think one of the cool places that they're we, that a team could definitely work out, uh, is, is Kansas city. I know we had them in the past. Um, but Patrick Mahomes, I think, recently said something like he could definitely see himself going to a couple of hockey games. Uh, so to having local uh, professional athletes for other teams in that area already kind of support the idea of it uh, could probably sway some new fans to say, hey, you know, maybe we can try out a team here. Maybe there's a new sport that uh, we could be ma uh, major fans of. Uh, I think I think Kansas City would be kind of a cool idea. All right, Dave, your your thoughts on this. Where would you put the next team and why? The clear choices would be, you know, bring back the Atlanta Thrashers, you know, get a team, you know, I, I know there's the the two down in Florida already, but. Listen, but I, I give go. you credit. There's a lot of people that think Atlanta would be able to, would be able to support it. Sarah, this was your question, I believe, right? So I'm sure you've got this uh, all thought out. I'm guessing Atlanta is, I'm, I'm guessing Atlanta, Atlanta is not what you thought I, were thinking. Definitely not Atlanta. Um, so originally I was thinking, Idaho but then I thought there's nothing in Idaho so scratch that then I thought um North Dakota I feel like North Dakota wins whatever college is in North Dakota I feel like they literally win the college hockey championship every single year St. Cloud St. Cloud that's in North Dakota right Minnesota that's in Minnesota close enough close enough but and she I... doesn't get a trip. <laughs> shut up I think North Dakota uh, should <laughs> definitely get a NHL team. We've got what is the best food in Nationwide Arena? So we're gonna start with Dave. Okay. Oh, this is this is my wheelhouse right here. The there, there's two good options here. The first is the Skyline Nachos. <laughs> but those come in second place behind the blue line barbecue nachos at the barbecue stand on the first level those pulled pork nachos with and they're not even nacho they're not even tortilla chips they're kettle chips they're perfect i get them every time i go to the game all right sarah your thoughts on this first off i think beer 
is the best food inside Nationwide Arena. <laughs> I personally drink my calories, so more beer, the better. Seriously, um, there's a place called the Mac Shack where you can create your own mac and cheese. So you pick the noodles, you pick the different kind of sauce you want on there, you pick the different kind of proteins, you pick all the pro um the veggies and then all the different toppings. So Mac Shack, way to be for sure. Jason. Bacon on a stick. It's a giant pig stuffed with a stick and slapped on the grill and you walk around this thing it's it's easily 15 inches long i mean this thing is massive you can smell the bacon on the stick stand in the entire arena and everybody knows this is true the whole thing and then when you get on the escalator and you go up it goes right by it and you can just see that big pig sizzling on the grill you can't beat it bacon on a stick i'm sure all the vegan fans love it uh christian (laughs) this is your question so it was a fun one too it was it was a fun Um, one i feel like this is a tester for somebody but we'll we're (laughs) what is your opinion here jason that's disgusting sarah that's boring dave those are not actual nachos as a north carolinian that's not real nachos uh the 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 clear-cut winner skyline nachos easy eleven dollars five cups he of said cheese, that five cups of cheese Mine are cheaper Easy. mine are I, cheaper i don't know about all that eleven dollars mine are under 10 bucks i think mine are like 850 you, you get skyline nachos the amount of food you get plus you get a beer 23 dollars. easy right easy <laughs> you can get two conies at skyline and a beer for around what what was it around 21 dollars or you can get a cheap cheeseburger and a beer for $23. What sounds better? A crappy boiled beef burger on a piece of plywood bread and a beer? Or a heaping pile of Skyline nachos with a good old uh, whatever you want. Coors Light is usually what I go for. Oh, buddy. For $21? Easy choice. <laughs> All right. Next topic. Arena Upgrades. If you could make one change or upgrade to nation right, Nationwide Arena, what would it be? Christian, we'll go back with you. Oh, that's a very easy one. A, uh, a red carpet and a single entrance just for me. Wow. Hands down, best investment they'll ever make. <laughs> Sarah, your thoughts? Ooh, I got a, cu- I got a couple. Uh, just one. Days, but Okay, 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 okay. Um, I'm going to go with the scoreboard. I personally think our scoreboard is super outdated. It's boxy, just like the TV I had in the 1990s. Um, I personally think that Nationwide can... You had an amazing TV in the 90s, by the way. Box TV? TVs in the 90s? <laughs> it was big if and boxy, it, just like If it looked like that scoreboard, you had an amazing TV. <laughs> Jason... What change would you make or upgrade? Um, uh, you know, man, having been to Detroit, uh, if you ever go into Detroit, everything inside that arena is is red. Everything. The ceiling is red. Um, everything is red. And being the Blue Jackets, I want to be blue. Everything. I want everything to be blue. I'd, I want, when you leave out of that arena, I want your eyes to just be like, meh. I blue i want it blue and then the other the only other thing i know you said one but blue and i want louder the cannon needs to be a lot louder than it is 
All right, we're moving on to the next round. This is the final of the panel questions. The feud with Mike Babcock, with Mike Commodore here. The feud with Babcock. Is it funny? Is it sad? Should we be listening more closely? Uh, Christian did not know this question was coming, so I'm going to throw it over to him since he's he's got that Commodore jersey over there. Of course, so Mike Commodore is my favorite player of all time. Uh, the personality is there, everything like that. So to have a guy like that absolutely break down and, and you can see the terror in his eyes about what Mike Babcock has done, it's heartbreaking. But let's be honest, those videos that he's done, uh, it's pretty funny. Even he cracks jokes in it. Uh, the offseason's kind of slow. Uh, any type of content, uh, I'm all for, especially someone with a big personality like Mike Commodore and Mike Babcock, for that matter. Uh, I think it's funny. I mean, is he, is he's saying truths. We got to keep that in mind, but uh, uh, it is entertaining to say the least. All right, Dave, your thoughts on this? Um, I don't know. I think it's it's entertaining, but at the same time, it's also like I don't want to say annoying, but it the history between the two of them it almost feels like it was a situation where the coach wanted the player to do more, and the player felt like he was just deserving of more for being who he was. I guess I know it's it's kind of complicated. However, I mean, I don't think he should have put the video out. I mean. I don't know if he was trying to be funny, get clicks, get views, whatever. Um, I would say it's more annoying than anything, personally. All right, Sarah, your thoughts on this. Is it funny, sad, or should we be listening more closely? Yeah, I personally pretty much think it's annoying. I think Commodore was just trying to be funny, and do I think he was joking? Absolutely not. I think he was 100% serious on what he was saying. I think that he really has a dislike for Babcock um but it is what it is I'm not a fan of it and Jason this was your question so let's get your thoughts on this yeah I think I think it's it's been 20 years he's 43 44 years old I think it's I think it's time to move on um I think he's he's just taking it to the extreme now and honestly you know it's haha funny i know he kind of said it i think it was maybe even a podcast that he just sent his last video said in his last video um but i've always been on mike commodore's side until this video when at the end he said i hope the blue jackets fail miserably i can't get on board with that sorry mike got you on that one so listen this is going to be the final round of this before we go into buy or sell and this is about the rebuild is the rebuild done? Speaking of the Provorov and the Severson trades, does that prove that Yarmo and JD are done rebuilding? Jason, we're going to start with you. No, it's not done. It's it's not done. Uh, Yarmo actually said today that this this in no way is speeding up anything. Uh, um, there's still work to do. Uh, he brought in some veterans. He has his young guys. He's going to have the third overall pick. Um, it's not done. Uh, we still have goalie uh, goalie situation to address at some point, um, unless Elvis and Tarasov really tear it up this year. Um, something might happen there. And then they got a um, just a laundry list of, of defense prospects that they need to figure out what to do with at this point, uh, whether it be trade some and bring in, you know, an, um, a number one center or, you know, whatever it may be. So number two center, whatever. But um, no, it's not done. Sarah, your thoughts on this? Is the is this proving that the rebuild is done as far as you know trying to build up a youth core? Are they are they in window win now mode? 
Yeah, I agree with Jason. I definitely don't think it's done. Do I think they're going in the right direction? I think any everyone can agree with that. Um, I think Yarmo is batshit crazy. Like, I honestly don't. I tweeted out today. Like, I don't know how he sleeps at night. I can't sleep when, like, deciding, like, what to pack for lunch tomorrow. So I honestly don't get how he can shut his brain off at night. Um, so 100%, I think he's going to make some moves. Jason mentioned goaltending. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, he does some trades with uh, goaltending. But, yeah, he's he's not done. Or possibly number one center, too. And, Dave, your thoughts on this? Um, I think that they're done rebuilding, but I think they're in the building phase. And I'll kind of explain, in my opinion, the difference on that. I think that when they're doing, when you're doing a rebuild, you're trying to get young guys, trying to get, you know, you're building literally from the ground up. And while we are doing that in some way, shape and form with having, you know, looking forward to the, to the number three overall this year, um, you know, we've got uh, a check coming up next hopefully this season he should be getting some some time on the jackets but that being said we've also spent almost 11 million if not more than 11 million in defense alone this week um so i think that they're done rebuilding but they're in a they're in a more of an aggressive building phase now um i think that yarmo and jd both know that i think they have a feeling that this might be their last chance and so they're going to go aggressive with it and there's they're basically gonna just start going all right and we'll go over to christian your thoughts on uh what you think of this it's definitely interesting so yarmo did say that this is not a win now situation he's not going all in or anything like that so so he's already stated that so i'm not super concerned um it is an interesting spot so we are going to have that third overall pick which they said that's going to be our future number one center but uh, Fantilli's already said he may or may not be going back to college. Leo Carlson and Will Smith are both going to take a little bit more time. They're not going to be ready next year. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see if they do kind of make a trade for a number one center. Uh, I know whether it's rumors from fans or whether it's from actual decent sources, I know that uh, Yarmo's talked to Philly about Carter Hart, and uh, I hear that they're also interested. Every team's interested in Connor Hellebuck too. So maybe goaltending, you can see something crazy there. I like to think that I can think and sort of anticipate what Yarmo's going to do. But lately, I, I didn't expect either of these two moves. Not 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 right now. Um, and the, the, another interesting point is we're still, what, five and $5.8 million in cap space still. So it's kind of a perfect spot. We made these trades without giving up any of our real assets. We also have a couple million in cap space. We have a couple of free agents that we need to figure out what we're going to do with some young defensive uh, prospects. We got to figure out what we're going to do with some people that are on the team now who may have just been forced off. I, I have no idea where this team is going, but I'm, I'm ready for the ride. All right. Now it's time for buy or sell. That's we're going to have a statement and you either buy into it. You agree with it or you disagree with it and you sell it. So we're going to go with the first round here. Buy or sell. The Provorov trade was a win for CBJ as a hockey move. Buy, absolutely buy. So uh, to make it real quick, uh, uh, Provorov was a replacement for Gavrikov. Uh, LA did end up uh, retaining some of his salary. So if you want to break it down numbers-wise, uh, you got LA has Gavrikov, plus they're paying an extra $2 million, uh, in retained salary. 
whereas we got uh, Ivan Provorov for uh, 4.7 million. So number-wise, it makes sense. Uh, otherwise, uh, Vladislav is not a common name in Russia. Ivan is the third most common name. So better <laughs> Russian name. I'll take it. Uh, Jason, your thoughts on this, buy or sell? Uh, buy. I mean, another huge factor in this is the fact that Columbus really didn't have to part with any prospects per se. Uh, you know, they get, did give up the number 22 pick, but, um, you know, Yamlo said that pick was never going to be picked by Columbus. So, um, absolute buy. And, um, that's all I got. Yeah. Sarah, your thoughts on this one? A hundred percent buy. Um, there's really no arguing that, um, I, I'm definitely getting some like Seth Jones Wierenski vibes with these two. So I definitely think maybe um, those two might be a pair together. I'm not 100% sure, but 100% hundred percent buy. He's a shutdown guy. Um, we gave up nothing for him. So 100% great move. I believe he is already kind of deemed to slot in second line D. Second line. Which, because he plays lefty, he plays same position as Z, so they would they would not be a pair. Uh, Dave, your take on this buy or sell? But still, I agree. I, I agree with you. I think buy is the right is the right way on this. Absolutely buy. Um, you know, we're we're never going to use that number twenty two pick, second round pick, and either twenty four or twenty five doesn't have a huge value uh, that we gave to Philly. Um, he's a solid D man that we needed. Buy. All right, second round. We're going to stick with you, Dave. Here, buy or sell. Severson will be on the top line with Zach Wierenski. Once again, bye. He's a great shot blocker, great passer who's going to be able to create opportunities for Johnny and Patty on that first line. Um, and he's a physical player, and he'll complement Wierenski really well. All right, Sarah, your take on this. I know, you no, just, I know you were just thinking the Provorov thing, but, but this is the guy who plays the right side, right shot defense. Do you believe buy or sell he's on the top line with Z? Yeah, I think I'm going to sell on this one. I think he's going to go second line just to distribute out distribute out uh, those top D-men and just to make sure that the first and second pair are kind of uh, equal. All right, Jason, buy or sell. Severson will be on the top line with Zach Wierenski. Yeah, I'll go ahead and buy it. I mean, he, he likes to uh, shoot you know, come forward and, and get that puck out of there uh, pretty quick and, and get it up the ice to his... Uh, uh, to his forwards, and then with him and Z, they can. Um, it's almost like having five forwards on the ice. So I'd say go for it. Uh, you know, they both play pretty good defense. Severson can make some errors every now and then, but uh, for the most part, I mean, nothing is is to the point where it's going to hinder the team. So bye, both of them top line. All right, Christian. I'll sell that. Um, the big thing with Severson is that he is prone to. He's he's great. He's great most of the time. Uh, but he makes that one. Uh, what they call the the big mistake. Um. I think it'd be really nice to see him on the second line. Uh, it'd be, we, I think a lot of people forget about Yurichek, and you're not going to put that kind of talent down too low in, in, into the, uh, the pairing. So uh, maybe a Wierenski, Yurichek first line, uh, and, and then Provorov uh, with uh, Severson maybe on the second line. All right, moving on. Buy or sell round three. Talking about goalies, I know that's a big topic. You guys have brought it up a little bit earlier. So Elvis Merzlikens, buy or sell Merzlikens is the number one and will be all season. Sarah, go ahead. All season is a keyword right there. I think he's going to start off as our number one goalie, but to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if he has an injury or he goes through a dry spell and they bring Tarasov up. And Tarasov uh, does the work. Um, I, I'm selling this. I don't think Elvis is going to be our number one goalie 
all year. His save percentage has gotten worse each year, and I just don't think he's a uh, number one material. All right, Jason, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, so only for the fact that uh, Tarasov's going to be breathing down his neck. I think I think Tarasov is going to be much healthier this year, and uh, he's going to play like the future um, number one goalie that he is, and I think he's going to push Elvis to the brink. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're going if they legit go back and forth and back and forth and, and split time. I, I ideally you won't want them to play 50, 55 games, but um, I think it'll be split, and I think Tarasov pushes him and uh, ends up losing that number one uh, spot. Dave, your thoughts on this? Uh, I'm gonna go by, but I won't be surprised if I end up making a return. Um, the, like they both said, the full season is the big, the big statement there. Um, I think Elvis is gonna start off at number one, and it's really gonna matter on how he starts out. Uh, having a better defense in front of him is really gonna help him out. The defense was rough last season, and you know it's hard to stop a hundred thousand pucks that are coming at you. And so I think he'll start out at number one. Whether or not he ends up number one through the whole season, I don't know. I could definitely see him in a two goalie rotation, sharing the duties with uh, Tarasov. Um, I'm gonna sell. Um, the big thing with me isn't necessarily waiting for other players to like take his spot or anything. Uh, I, I just. Th- I want him to do well. I really do. I haven't seen a whole lot that impressed me lately. The goalie coach is going to be the biggest thing. Obviously, I know Patrick Wall has been talked about as the head coach. It'd be really cool to see him as the goalie coach, maybe, to have someone like that. Uh, another person who I thought could really help uh, in this thing is uh, his coach whenever he played for the Swiss National League uh, when he made his big name for himself. So uh, maybe a goaltending coach could make it happen. But I highly doubt he's going to be the number one for the whole season. All right, round four, buy or sell. We're going to go back to Jason. Nick Blankenberg, obviously a big uh, fan favorite. Everyone gets extremely sentimental with the Columbus Blue Jackets fan base. They think sentimental uh, uh, sometimes too many times versus the smart hockey moves. So when it comes to Blankenberg, this could be a sensitive topic with a lot of fans, but buy or sell Blankenberg is the odd man out with all the recent trades. Yeah, I'll definitely buy it. I actually tweeted out today after the Severson trade that uh, Blankenberg fans should probably not get used to seeing him very much. He's going to be in Cleveland, I think, most of the year. I think he should be in Cleveland most of the year. I don't think he I don't think he needs to be playing with the Blue Jackets right now, as injury prone as he is. And then with all the, the trades he just made and, and, and all the young guys that are ready to take that spot. But no, I think he's probably ninth or tenth in line at this point. Uh, I'm going to sell this. I personally think Peaker Bean is the odd man out. I think this could be a big year for uh, Blankenberg if he stays healthy. Looking at my notes, uh, Blankenberg played 36 games and he had 40, uh, 14 points last season. He played almost the whole season, 80 games, and he had less points than that. So Peaker Bean is the odd man out. So he's a heart and soul player. You really need those guys, of course. Uh, sometimes David does beat Goliath. He's a teeny tiny little guy, but I think Far too often, he flies way too close to the sun, and then he burns himself up trying to be the destructor of all worlds out there. I, I don't think he's going to be uh, in, in Columbus very much at all. He's going to be down in Cleveland, get hurt, and then not even be available to be called up. Blankenberg's one, one reason why I could never be a, a NHL GM. Um, like you said, Jackets fans get too sentimental. That being said, unfortunately, I'm going to go by. I think he is one of the guys that's on the radar to go out. I would prefer this one might be a little bit of a controversy. I would like to see Good Branson be the one out because he has a crazy big contract for what I believe he's worth. Uh, another possibility would be Jake Bean, but we got to keep in mind we do have uh, Jurchak coming up or Jurchak, however you say his, his name, um, coming up. And so, um, you know, there's going to have to be more than one odd man out here. 
with these changes. All right, now we go to our final round. This is going to be about Patrick Laine. And Dave, we are going to start with you. Patrick Laine, buy or sell, Laine will score 50 goals at least one time as a Blue Jacket. I have never sold something so quickly in my life. There is not a chance he hits 50 goals in a, in a season as a Blue Jacket or in his career, whether he gets traded, signed somewhere else, don't care. His career high on a season is 44 points. He's riddled with injuries last season. If that continues, there's even a lesser chance. And if the rumors of him wanting to move to center are true, I think that makes it even more unlikely. You're still scoring goals as a center, but you're trying to pass it out to the wings. Sarah, buy or sell, Lion A scores 50 goals at least one time. I'm selling this as, as well. Uh, dude hasn't even come close to sniffing 50, 50 goals with the Blue Jackets. Uh, didn't even get 50 goals with Winnipeg. Do I want him to? Absolutely, but uh, no way in hell he's getting 50 goals as a Blue Jacket. And uh, Jason? I'm buying it. He's going to get 50 goals. We're going to get a number one center in here, whether it be by trade or maybe Leo Carlson or Adam Fantilli. And him and Johnny Rocket are going to destroy. Um, I could easily see him getting 50, 55, 60 goals. Johnny racking up 60, 65, 70 assists in the next year or two. Um, absolutely buy it. He's going to, he's going to blow some uh, goalies away. And Christian, take us home. So I'll buy it. Sure, why not? Um, he's only averaging about 52 games uh, per season. He's get injured. You know, injuries are absolutely crazy with him. 20 goals is what he averages every year. Um, I, I think next year is going to be an absolute just balls to the wall. Who knows what the hell is going to happen? Uh, so why not have him as a 50 goal scorer? We could use one. All right. And that brings us to the end of buy or sell, which brings us to our elimination round. So, unfortunately, we've got to say goodbye to two contestants, and our defending champion is not going to make it to the showdown. Unfortunately, Christian is out. Sarah is out. All right, so now we're on to showdown. First one to two points is going to be the winner and our champ tonight. This question was brought to us by a longtime season ticket holder for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Big shout out to Jeff Sawyer there. As the team grows, who needs to go at forward? Liam Foody, Bemstrom, Jack Cole, etc. Any any of those guys up there? Uh, so I think the key word is who they need to move. Uh, I think they need to move on from Emil Bemstrom and Liam Foody for sure. They're just not getting it. And they're, if they didn't get it under Torts and they didn't get it under Brad Larson, they're not going to get it under Mike Babcock. I can guarantee you that. Some of the other guys like Texier, which is coming back, I know he's a you know he's a sentimental favorite. Um, I'm sure he'll be around a couple of years before they decide to move on. And then you know same with Yegor um, Chinnikov. One of those two, I think, will probably be gone. Um, but Bemstrom, Foody, and one of those two, I think, are going to be the odd men out in this case. All right, Dave, your thoughts on this. As the team grows, who needs to go it forward? Yeah, I think Eric Robinson's an option um, for this season. He's in the final year of his contract. He'll be a UFA at the end. Um, if, you know, if they're playing on resigning him, great. If not, might as well, you know, move him and get something for him probably at the deadline. Uh, but I think it's probably going to be one of the, center, one of the centers. Um, you know, Sillinger, just because he's youth, he's still got a lot of growing to do. Uh, Roslevic is a good faceoff guy, 40%-ish, but he's also entering a contract year. And, you know, Tessier would be also a really good 
uh, option, but I think he's safe simply because he is such a versatile player. All right, we're going to give the first point to Jason. Number one center. Should Yarmo and co. trade for a number one center that can play right now? We'll go to you, Dave. I don't think they should. Um, I don't know who they could really get that would be worth what we would have to give up. Um, you know, I think a lot of the people are talking to give up that number three pick. I don't think it's worth it. Um, the the strength in this draft is just, it's out of this world. Um, we have a solid front front unit and we can add through it to the draft. I don't think there's any need to rush it and get a number one center through a trade. And Jason, your thoughts on this? No, I don't think they should. I mean, part of kind of like what we talked about earlier um, with, you know, are they done with a rebuild or whatnot um, kind of goes into this question for me. Um, if they were done with the rebuild, then, okay, you know, go ahead and find, you know, fine. Let's go ahead and, you know, trade what you got to do for a number one center. Um, our number one center is being drafted here on June 28th, whether it be Adam Fantilli or Leo Carlson. Um, I don't think they go the Will Smith route, but one of those two uh, will come in right away, probably Leo Carlson. Uh, he will come in right away and contribute, and he is the um, presumed number one center of this franchise. All right, I like a lot of your points, Jason, but you just kind of piggybacked and, and added to what Dave had already said, so I'm going to give Dave the point on this. He had the pleasure of going first. I'm shocked that no one said that they that they think he should trade. I personally think that he should trade. No, I don't think he should trade the number three overall pick this year, but I could see number one next year or something like that. If, if you, I'm sure Yarmo can come up with something, but I am not in the camp that we should go get Lindholm with the number three. But So I'm shocked that both of you think we should just stand pat with that. Uh, so that's going to bring us to round three, the tiebreaker. This is a little bit fun. So please, anyone on Twitter or, or Instagram, we're not trying to hate on anyone. This is just a little bit of sports fun. So Tate McRae, the rumors about Tate and Cole Sillinger with their breakup as, as the photo she posted on Instagram not too long ago, which by if you're really following, as Sarah has pointed out, even Merz Lincoln's wife liked the photo. So very interesting uh, following she has going. And it's also maybe a spoof. Who knows? Maybe they aren't broken up and it's just for fun. But regardless, once they became a couple, it was very noticeable that Cole Sillinger hit the sophomore slump. So, Jason, we're going to start with you. Was Tate McRae the Jessica Simpson to Cole Sillinger? And if you don't know the Jessica Simpson, Tony Romo story, just look it up. Uh, no, I don't think so because they've been dating long before his sophomore slump actually started. So, um now, whether or not they had their issues, who knows? Um, but I actually think he's probably the one taking half of her pictures now. So, uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I think I don't think uh, he's not gonna. Um, let's be honest. I'm an Eagle fan, so Tony Romo was just bad. Um, <laughs> but no, he is not. Uh, I think they're like I said. They've been together for a long time, and uh, no, he he's fine. He's gonna come back next year, and he's gonna be he's gonna do great. All right, Dave. Let's hear it. I'm gonna go with no. I'm gonna go with no. Um, you know, like you get, you said, you know, Jessica Simpson, Tony Romo, when they dated back in like what, oh seven, oh eight. He just are you the, googling this right now? Cow, the entire cowboy, <laughs> the entire Cowboys French. All right, that's the end. We're just gonna go ahead and give the point to Jason. I don't think Dave has any shot at this answer. <laughs> All right, so Jason is our big winner. We are saying goodbye to Dave. Congratulations, Jason. This is your moment. Go ahead and give us your rant. 
Um, yeah, uh, Canadians, what are you doing? What are you doing? I want to breathe. I got, like I, I leave my apartment the other day and it looks like I'm walking around Mars. Mars. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen um, like Return to Mars and and like Red Planet and all that? Or uh, you know the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie from back in the day? Like, are you kidding me right now? I walk outside and it's red and orange. What are you doing? Like, I want to breathe. I don't want to like walk outside and get and get freaking choked. I can't even look at the sun and burn my eyes out anymore. I look up and it's just covered in ash. What are you What are you doing? Is Canada real? And take your geese back with you, please. I don't like Canada geese either. All I do is crap on my car and walk into our Mexican restaurant and 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 hiss at people. Like, what are you doing? Please, please, get your stuff together, Canada. All right, we bring everyone back to say goodbye and let you guys give a few shout outs. Of course, thank you guys so much for watching. My name is James III. I'm going to pass it around. And one more time, Dave, if you have any shout outs or things that you want to have people find you or follow you, let us know. Yeah, follow me on Twitter uh, at the scoreboard guy, S C R B R D, because like I said earlier, six, uh, six characters on a license plate. Um, yeah, follow the pod at. Uh, around the fifth underscore because what is it the fifth line was too long and then um if you're interested we're coming up into the final month of signups for the july 1st union blue baller golf outing um it is going to be at the safari course at um at the columbus zoo uh hit me up on twitter if you're interested we have sign up information on there and uh yeah all right, Christian, where can people find you? Where should they find you? Uh, they can find me here. They shouldn't find me anywhere. <laughs> I don't do anything. But yeah. just, everyone, just, everyone out there, just be good people. I appreciate everyone's uh, uh, support and stuff. So uh, just, just, just you know, be nice to everyone. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Sarah, four underscores, Kent. Uh <laughs> One, two, three, four. Yep, you're right. Um, also, Draft Party, Blue Jackets just announced, is going to be at Pins at Easton. So come on out to Easton. They had it there last year. It was an absolute blast. So Draft Party, June 28th. Come on out. Let's have some fun. And if you guys watch the show, please give a shout out to Sarah or anybody that you see out there. They'd love to, to see you guys for sure. And Jason... This is your time um, to promote. What do you got? Yeah, so oh, um, here at, we go. <laughs> at F1RE, the canon on Twitter. Um, also, go ahead and check out the um, the hockey news. Um, I'm new site editor and 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 writer for the hockey news uh, Blue Jacket page. Um, I believe it's thehockeynews.com forward slash NHL forward slash Columbus dash blue jackets or something like that i'll make sure i get the link out there it's pretty long um but yeah go on there and i wouldn't mind uh, you guys checking out my uh checking out my stuff that i worked so hard on uh to get that out there for you guys so no i am not a big deal but it's cool to promote it anyway so check it out absolutely guys thank you guys so much for joining the show once again we can't wait to do another episode of course my name is james the third this has been around the fifth line